to Wild Tater, the Food Forest podcast. I'm Charles Hathaway, and today we're going to talk about the scarlet runner bean. Some of you may have heard of this from other gardening circles, such as your flowering garden circles, because of its beautiful red flowers. But more interestingly and importantly for our purposes, it is a perennial bean. Okay, so let's talk about it. The scarlet runner bean is botanically named Phaseolus cochineus. And cochineus is C-O-C-C-I-N-E-U-S. Phaseolus cochineus. It is a vine layer. This is a true climber vine. They call it a runner bean because it climbs, it runs right up a trellis or a bush or tree. It is cold hardy. To zone, from zones 4 to 11. However, if you are in zones below zone 6, you're going to want to mulch the ground around it. If it has enough protection around the roots, um, then it will do fine in your zone 4. I've even heard of it going as low as zone 3, but, um, but you will want to provide a little bit of winter protection, maybe even put it on a south side of a house or something where it will have just a little touch warmer area than uh, other places in your yard. But um, that, that's just a heads up. It's, it, since it's growing up from the root every year anyway, it's not like there's a risk as long as those roots are protected. Because remember, most of that cold, harsh temperature that we experience in the winter is above ground or at ground level or higher. And uh, since this is growing up from the roots every year anyway, um, it should do fine in those colder zones. But again, probably want to provide some kind of mulch. We'll talk more about that in a bit. Its soil pH preference is 6.0 to 7.0, though it will tolerate soils from 5.0 to 8.2. Its watering needs are medium. Now it prefers more than less, especially between spring and summer when it is flowering and fruiting, but it won't to tolerate uh, sopping wet soils for long periods of time. So it, it is a true medium um, watering preference plant. Okay, its blooming season is from early fall all the way until frost. This is one of the reasons that it shines as a flower, because it's blooming from early summer all the way until it freezes and kills it off. It, it likes to flower long. The harvest season is also summer, a little bit, you know, picture midsummer if you were early summer for the flowers. Then come midsummer, you're getting your, your fruits, your, which is your beans, and then they will continue to, to go until they, you know, the plant freezes in the fall. And so, but you will want to harvest the beans while they are underripe. So as they begin to develop, you can really harvest them anytime up until they harden, which we'll talk more about in a moment. Their fruiting age is from 12 weeks on up. So these are usually planted as annuals because they do so well in one year. But if the uh, ground is, you know, kept protected or warm enough, um, or you're in a zone six or above, then it'll come back from that root every year. And, and so you can harvest as soon as there is, is uh, beans growing on the plant. 
Now to pollinate, these uh, will pollinate themselves, but like any plant, they will get more if you have more beans. I don't know anybody that just grows one bean plant. So, I mean, I think that's that'll make sense to be planting multiple. Their size at maturity, they will get up to like nine feet tall by one foot average, which is three meters by 0.3 meters. Uh, and that is a climbing height. So, uh, you know, if you guide them along the side of a fence, they'll go nine feet outward or whatever. Um, they they will stretch out to nine feet, but they have been known to get to 12 feet. So, I mean, they're, they're a pretty nice climber bean in that sense. Their sun needs, they prefer full sun, but they can do okay in partial shade also. Their preferred habitat is around forest edges, along stream beds, and sometimes in grassy open fields, as long as there's something good for them to climb. These are native to the mountains of Central America, basically 5,000 feet up-ish, and, you know, around there. Uh, they are, you know, above sea level. They are used to those high elevations, which is one of the reasons they're one of the more cold-hardy beans and one that can be perennial in those cold-hardy or those cold zones. Their growth rate is quite fast. Remember, they're regrowing every year, and in a single season, they can grow 8 to 12 feet tall. Uh, their natural reproductive rate, I have as yet not found a good rate of reproduction on their own. I gather that they grow fairly easily from seeds, so I would guess that dropping seeds and growing new plants from that is probably more often how they spread naturally, um, but I do hear that they have a good root rhizome, which may or may not spread and get new plants from that. I have not seen anything to verify that, so I'm going to tentatively say that it's a medium rate of reproduction. I was unable to find anything that suggests that they are invasive, which is to say prolific uh, reproducers in terms of, you know, spreading on their own. I did, however, find that the easiest way to propagate these is through seed. They not only sprout quickly, but they grow, grow fast once they do sprout if they're in warm, moist soil. So they're not hard to propagate. Just got to get them to go to seed, plant the seeds. Their average lifespan is between about three to seven years. Some people call them the seven-year bean because they will live for seven years. But most people don't have them live quite that long. So, but, um, you know, depending on how good your, your habitat is for them, three to seven years is probably what you can expect. Because of that, I would recommend continually cycling new seeds into the soil, especially if you can get them to seed naturally because those that that tend towards seeding naturally will favor, you know, with each generation um, spreading naturally in that sense, which is something that's very good if you're trying to grow a food forest. The family that the plant family they are in is the Fabaceae family, which of course is the bean family. 
Okay, let's talk a little bit more about this uh, mulching the ground um, concern that some may have if you are in a cold climate like myself. This can usually be taken care of quite simply. Any plants that require some kind of mulching in order to survive this can usually be done by simply planting a good thick but short ground cover around them. Now if you have some really prolific strawberries, maybe some some of those arctic raspberries that we've talked about, um, something that grows very leafy thick and then drops those leaves in the fall, that will probably do it for you. You could also grow, if you're in a, a climate that allows for it, something like thyme or you know some other herb that uh, grows thick like that. I suspect a mint would probably be sufficient. The one concern I have, not so much about mint, but but others that are that maybe, you know, thick, is that you do have to remember that it's every year growing fresh again from the roots. It's not growing from last year's um, wood. And so since it's growing from the root fresh every year, um, you will want something that can get through. Now, if it if it is getting through for a couple of years and it's thickening around it, you'll probably still be okay. It It's usually pretty good at paving its own way with those branches every year that it grows. So, you know, planting a thick ground cover around it could be a way to take care of that concern for the cold ground in cold climates anyway. As far as the scarlet runner beans ecological functions, it is a nitrogen fixer. That means that it pulls nitrogen out of the air, essentially, and makes it available to other plants. It's a, I, I get the impression it's a little more complicated than that, but essentially, if you're putting nitrogen fixers around and taking care of them, they will be providing a nitrogen source for other plants. And, uh, and the are an important part of the nitrogen cycle in an ecosystem. So they do help other plants in that sense. And because they're a climber species and they're not a, a thick bunching, like pull down a tree kind of a, a vine either. They're more of, you know, like you might have something like a Virginia creeper might do, but uh, these are a gentle climber, but they're a, you know, a good prolific one as well. So they will, climb and thus occupy that vertical layer which is you know in a forest garden is really important because you're so tight for space in everything you're you're filling those areas that other things can't and in fact because these are flowering all year from the time from about early summer on they make a great pollinator for any of those later season plants. I think these are one that would be really good to plant among your pumpkins, your squash, things like that, that are starting to really sprout. And, and you know, if you've got a runner bean climbing uh, a shade tree or something like that, sprouting those, well, if it's too thick of a shade tree, they may struggle to get as much of flowers, but, but they will get some. And, you know, anywhere where they're climbing on a fence or whatever, they'll be attracting the bees and pollinators in to uh, bring in more those pollinators for your other vegetables as well. So they, so they fulfill that uh, pollinator 
function as well. Okay, so we've mentioned that they are a bean. Let, let me give a little, um, a little factoid, I guess you could say, about green beans versus hard dry beans. So think of things like pinto beans and great northern beans, red beans, you know, the ones that you glue on paper in, in, uh, in kindergarten to make pictures. Okay, these hard beans. The biggest difference between those hard beans and a green bean, like you might have in a, uh, a salad or, you know, a, a side at Thanksgiving, is the age at which you harvest them. They come essentially from the same plants. The uh, common bean, which is Phaseolus vulgaris, is both the uh, root bean of um, the main bean that makes up all those hard beans, the white northern bean, the red beans, things like that, as well as the common green bean. The difference is the common green bean is one that is picked before they are ripe. And once they get ripe, they start hardening up pretty quick. And you can tell when you try to bite into one that it's kind of tough. It's kind of late for that one. Just let the bean dry, and then you've got yourself hard dry beans that can store for a long time and, and be cooked um, as would, you know, any kidney beans or black beans, stuff like that. Um, and so those common beans, Phaseolus vulgaris, um, are the traditional species of green beans and dried beans. But the scarlet runner bean can be harvested and used the exact same way. And that is nice to know because, again, these are perennial bean. But that brings up the question, how are their flavor? How is their flavor? How are they different? They are said to have a very delicious flavor, but it is a little bit different. Okay, these are long beans. They're very long green beans. Um, and they're, they can be prepared and eaten just like green beans. Any recipe that calls for green beans, you could use scarlet runner beans. But the flavor is described as having a little bit more of a nutty flavor with a bit of a bite to it, but overall quite yummy. So if you are at all a green bean fan, I would highly recommend adding scarlet runner beans to your, to your forest or your backyard. Now I will give as a caution, this is a caution that goes for every you know, common bean or other kind of bean use, as we're, we've talked about them being, you know, if they're, if they're not just fresh, but if they're underripe when you pick them, then they are a green bean. If they are ripe or, you know, dried, completely dried, then you've got a dry hard bean. Don't eat the dried beans raw, because what happens is once the beans dry and begin to harden, they start to develop those properties that lead to flatulence and upset stomach, and that only goes away, That those uh, properties only go away by proper cooking. At that point, you know, if it's, if it's getting hard or, you, or it's totally hard, just save those to either plant more plants or prepare them as you would dried beans. Um, in fact, much of the issue that people have with beans and flatulence comes from insufficient cooking. It's just a matter of cooking to take care of that problem. 
usually it's you know soaked overnight and then boiled or or boiled for you know extra long there's some uh, pretty cool tricks with instant pots uh, my wife discovered she could cook from completely hard beans to ready to eat in a half hour and I don't know how it does that I think it has something to do with the pressurization and who knows what else but we have not had any problem <laughs> with with eating those half hour cooked beans when it's in the instant pot so if you've got one of those that can help you with your cooking of dried beans anyway thanks again you guys for listening mm-hmm.